Chapter 16 The Courage to Resist Temptation Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? Martin Luther King, Jr. I've talked a lot about stepping up in this book. Yet one of the biggest problems today is men who are straddling the steps between adolescence and manhood and sometimes step down. You see it in the news on a regular basis. Politicians, athletes, and celebrities who admit they've been cheating on their wives. Talk to a single woman over the age of 20, and they'll likely give you an earful about guys who prefer horsing around with their buddies and playing video games to developing a real relationship with a woman. I don't blame single women. I'm with them. One has to wonder if one of the most courageous things a single man will ever do is get off the fence and say to a woman, I do, and make a lifelong commitment to a woman. However, straddling the steps between adolescence and manhood isn't restricted to the young or the single. You hear it in the stories of middle-aged women who talk of husbands who decided they weren't in love anymore and bolted for freedom. Husbands who succumbed to the charms of a younger woman are retreated into a cocoon of self-absorption and irresponsibility, behavior that should have ended in adolescence. In other words, these men found themselves with one foot on the manhood step as they leaned on the other foot in adolescence. They looked like men, but acted like boys. Fortunately for my friend Dan, he had a friend who stepped into his life and helped keep him from stepping down. Dan is a man's man, a family man, venerable, virtuous. If you met him, you'd like him. But despite an impeccable track record, he almost threw it all away. He was going through a season in his life where everything was difficult. He felt pressure at church where he was the pastor, and he felt the unrelenting pressure of being a good husband and father. It all seemed so innocent. He missed his 20th high school reunion and soon afterward received a note from an old girlfriend who had dumped him just before the prom. She said she had missed seeing him at the reunion. He was the one person she had hoped to reconnect with after all these years. Dan wrote back and said he'd love to reconnect as well, and perhaps they could get together the next time he returned for a visit. So he set up a lunch meeting for him and his wife, Kathy, to meet with this woman. Notice that Dan included Kathy. He wasn't a total fool, at least not yet. When Dan's old flame walked through the doors of the restaurant, he thought to himself, she's better looking now than she was when she was 17. Almost involuntarily, he said to Kathy, wow, would you look at that, which got him a sharp elbow in the rib cage. After a cordial lunch, Kathy left the table for a few moments, and instantly the conversation turned more intimate until she returned. When lunch was over, they'd said their goodbyes, and Dan thought, well, that was that. 
After Dan returned home, he received another note from the woman saying that she had hoped they could spend some more time together, just the two of them. She had some things she really wanted to talk about, and she needed some closure. He wrote back and said he'd be speaking at a conference in Portland that fall. Actually, it was one of our weekend-to-remember-marriage getaways, if you can believe it. In her reply, she said that by coincidence, she'd be in Portland that very weekend on business, so maybe they could get together. So they set a dinner date. But this time, Dan didn't tell Kathy. Now, Dan is a geologist by training, a very smart man. And he did what men have been doing for centuries. He rationalized his actions. He even thought he could use the rendezvous to tell his old girlfriend about his faith in Christ. But in his gut, he knew it was wrong. And for several months, he felt increasingly guilty. Every time he opened the Bible, no matter what passage he tried to study, all he could hear was God telling him, Don't do it. Here he was, a pastor of a growing church and the leader of a beautiful family with a wife and three children, a man who spoke around the country on how to have a good marriage, and he was about to put himself in a situation where he might throw it all away in a single compromise. The only thing that saved Dan from certain shipwreck was an accountability partner, a man he met for breakfast every week to talk about their lives and to challenge each other to walk in obedience to Christ. Dan called his good friend his sparring partner. (laughs) To Dan's credit, at one of their breakfasts, he finally told his friend about what was going on. After listening, his sparring partner courageously stepped into Dan's life and said, You are an idiot. Then he took out his cell phone and said, You're going to call this woman right now and cancel the date. Dan did exactly that. He told the woman that he was happily married and that it wasn't appropriate for him to continue any sort of relationship or communication with her. He apologized for his improper attitude toward her and asked for her forgiveness. When Dan hung up, a truckload of pressure fell off his shoulders. Then that true and faithful friend said the one thing Dan didn't want to hear, the one thing that would fully prevent him from falling back toward adolescence. Next, he said, you need to tell Kathy all about this, and if you don't tell her by Friday, I'm going to tell her. (laughs) Dan did tell Kathy the whole story. Kathy's response was what every man needs from his wife when he admits a weakness or temptation. She said she was disappointed that he didn't trust her earlier with the problem. She admitted that she knew this woman had deeper intentions than just talking about old times. Kathy also sensed that Dan was struggling, but just knowing that his sparring partner was committed to help bring to the surface and conquer those struggles gave her security in the marriage relationship. She was proud to be married to someone who was man enough to be accountable to others. Dan almost took the bait. That's what temptation is, you know. It's a lure towards sin. Satan is the master angler who knows exactly where your weaknesses are. He is an expert at presenting you with bait that is designed perfectly for you. Temptation isn't sin. 
It's when we swallow it and act on it that it becomes sin, and it can destroy our lives. You may not think that it takes much courage to face your temptations, but it does. Accountability is a proactive step toward never underestimating the power of temptation. Manhood requires us to resolutely flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. 2 Timothy 2.22 We have to put the lure of adolescence behind us, face upward, and keep stepping up throughout our entire lifetime. Temptation never ceases as we grow older. One friend approached me after listening to me speak on the topic and admitted, I'm 60 years old, and over the past couple of weeks, I've found myself standing on the adolescent step. I can't believe I'm 60 and I'm still struggling with these issues. I can. We're all just one slippery step away from stepping down. One foolish choice made in a moment of weakness can wipe out years of integrity. You and I can become idiots very quickly.